Welcome to Season 1, Episode 5 of The Lost Church. In this broadcast, I'll share a message that I preached on Sunday, June 19th, 2022, Father's Day. The scripture readings for this message were Psalm 42 and then 1 Kings 19 verses 1 through 15. And you may wish to read those scripture passages before listening to the message. And now will you join with me in prayer as we come before the Lord, seeking his wisdom for our lives through his holy word. Let's pray. O God, through your holy word and the gift of your spirit, open our minds to greater understanding, our hearts to deeper love, and our wills for greater service. Through Jesus Christ, your word made flesh, and our Lord and Savior. Amen. Our message today is entitled, A Father's Wish. In reflecting upon our passage, I thought to myself how fitting that this passage should come to us in what the church calls ordinary time, when there are no special liturgical seasons such as Advent or Christmas or Easter for us to celebrate. Instead, ordinary time is the numbering of the Sundays after Pentecost, where we turn to Scripture to guide us in our walk with the Lord during the ordinary times of our lives. Well, today's passage about Elijah invites us to reflect upon our relationship with God when we feel powerless and we are uncertain about our future. It asks the question, where do we look for God? Where do we find him when we are in despair? uncertain about our future, and perhaps even uncertain about our very own lives. Well, this is where Elijah unexpectedly finds himself. Just before this, he had won a great victory for God on Mount Carmel. God had sent Elijah to King Ahab of Israel to call out the false prophets of Baal and the people of Israel for worshiping another god. Elijah challenged the 450 prophets of Baal to make a sacrifice, and then to call upon their god Baal to put a fire under that sacrifice. But there was no fire, no voice, no answer from Baal. But when Elijah called upon God to do the same, a great fire fell upon the offering and consumed not only the bull, but also the wood, the stones, and even the dust around the offering. After this, Elijah ordered the prophets of Baal to be arrested and executed. And it would seem as if all was going to plan that God was favoring Elijah in his work as his prophet. But then Elijah receives a message from Queen Jezebel that she has ordered his death 
in retaliation. Well, can you imagine what Elijah must have thought? If I was in his place, I'd be thinking, what? You know, here I have followed you, God, and won a great victory for you. I'm living the life you have called me to, doing what you ask me to do. And this, this is how you reward me? With a death sentence? Come on. Well, my friends, it can be like that for us too in life, can't it? And we are going about our lives, living our best life, living faithfully, doing our best to follow God's ways. And then all of a sudden, the unexpected strikes. You know, perhaps it's not a death sentence like Elijah's, but illness or, or job loss or some other form of unexpected tragedy or misfortune in our lives can certainly make it feel that way. Well, it was like that for Sarah Matchnik, the daughter of our sister and brother in Christ and friends to this ministry, Rita and Mike Matchnik, who have graciously given me their permission to share Sarah's story. Well, Sarah was in the prime of her young life. At 32, she was happily married, surrounded by loving family and friends, living in her own house, which as we know is a great accomplishment for any young person these days, and working successfully at a job she loved. All was good, or so she thought. Like Elijah, she found herself with a possible death sentence hanging over her. the doctors had discovered cancer in her breast. Well, life as she knew it was about to change. Like Elijah, all the past victories were soon forgotten as she began to focus on the possible life-ending challenge before her. In Elijah's case, he struggled to make sense of his circumstance. You know, I can imagine him crying out to God, asking God to send fire down upon King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. We read in scripture that his despair was so great that he could no longer stand it and cried out to God saying, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life. Exasperated and exhausted, Elijah's refuge was sleep. But it was in his slumber that the angel of the Lord comes to him and says to him to arise and eat. Even when Elijah stubbornly tries again to fall back into the comfort of sleep, the angel of the Lord once again comes to him and tells him to arise and eat. To do the very basic things of everyday life. But Elijah wasn't satisfied with that direction. You know, he he desired more from God, a a better solution to the life-ending challenge that he faced. He wanted God to answer him in the same spectacular fashion as when God sent fire to consume the offering. 
So God, in his mercy, sends Elijah out to stand on the mountaintop to witness the kind of grand events that Elijah desires. He witnesses a strong wind that tears into the mountain, then an earthquake, and finally a great fire. But God's voice was not in the strong wind, or in the shaking of the earthquake, or in the raging of that great fire as Elijah thought it would be. Instead, God's voice was in the stillness and silence after all the grand events had passed. God asks Elijah, what are you doing here? And tells him to go and return on his way. God did not answer Elijah in the spectacular fashion as Elijah desired. Rather, God speaks to Elijah softly, gently, lovingly, asking him why he is choosing to be in a state of despair and urges Elijah to simply go on his way, to get on with living. It was much the same for Sarah. She, like any of us would do, fell into deep despair when faced with life-threatening cancer. I can only imagine how desperately she wished and, and prayed to hear God's voice in some grand sign or grand gesture to reassure her, to tell her it would all be okay. But like Elijah, the silence, the silence was deafening. And yet in the stillness and in the silence, she eventually found God's voice asking her, why are you here? Why are you here in this state of despair? And told her to get on with living. And to her credit, Sarah listened to that gentle, soft, loving voice and got on with living. When faced with that major snowstorm that forced many of us to seek shelter and stay at home until the roads were cleared, she instead refused to let that snowstorm be the reason for her to miss her cancer treatment. Instead, she walked for an hour and a half by herself through knee-deep snow to get to the hospital. All the while, her husband was digging out their car and, and struggling to get to her through the unplowed roads. Instead of wallowing in a state of despair, Sarah got on with living by turning her emotions into a series of poems to describe her cancer journey. And she posted those poems to let her family and friends know how she was doing. Well, to God's glory, those poems were reposted and have since been published in Wildfire Magazine, a California-based magazine that was created to help women too young for cancer. And also published in an article in Psychology Today, a highly regarded U.S. publication. But Sarah didn't stop there. She continued to go and return on her way just as God had asked of her. Sarah decided to use all her 
talents and her energy to create a community for other young women, like herself, too young to be facing cancer. That community is called the Bloom Club and has had several meetings and has brought joy and community into the lives of its members. Well, as we know from scripture, Elijah heard the Lord and got up and returned on his way. And in so doing, went on to do great things in the service of the Lord. And so it is for Sarah. And so, my friends, it can be for us too. When we are faced with life challenges like Elijah and Sarah were. When we too search for God's voice in spectacular signs or grand gestures. God, in his loving and merciful way, will speak to us too in the stillness and in the silence, just as he did for Elijah and Sarah. For it is often the case that we hear God's voice, God's voice of love, mercy, and peace. We hear it the loudest. We hear it the loudest in our stillness. And he will say those same loving, encouraging words. Why do you live in despair? Go and return on your way. For you see, that is what our Heavenly Father desires for us. That is our Heavenly Father's wish for us. Not that we should live in despair, hopelessness, and powerlessness. But rather that we should take back our lives from the forces that try to keep us powerless and hopeless. And for us to live more fully, more abundantly, more thankfully, and more joyfully in all of life's circumstances. Our Father's wish for us is to return on our way to living in Him and walking with Him. Perhaps because today is Father's Day. I was struck by how similar God's desire and wish for us, his children, is with an earthly father's wish for his children. I asked Mike, Sarah's dad, what his hope was for his three children when they were little. And he replied that he wished that they would be happy and healthy and walk with the Lord. Well, how prophetic his words were all those years ago that he and Rita would one day be witness to their daughter, their daughter Sarah doing just that, faithfully rising in spite of her cancer, faithfully rising despite her despair to go on her way and walk with the Lord. An earthly and heavenly father's wish come true this Father's Day. 
revealed for us in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so, my dear sisters and brothers, go now from this time and place filled with God's love and spirit, with joy in your hearts, giving thanks to God by proclaiming his goodness and sharing his love in all that you do. And until we are with each other again, may the grace, peace, and love of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be yours in abundance in the days ahead, as you too walk with the Lord. Amen.